It's the Americhicks with Kim Munson. The most important stories. An early childhood taxing district. What on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. It's the Americhicks dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. And so they make deal, and they typically make deals with the big guys. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. Happy Friday. I am Kim Munson, and we are dissecting these issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. And we do need to be talking about these with our friends, our family, and our colleagues. So welcome to the show. We've got another uh, jam-packed show planned for you today. Uh, So this is maybe one of the most informative hours of your day. We're sure hoping that we're making that happen. So um, first of all, let's let's, uh, jump in here just a little bit as we look at these issues. Remember, the question is always freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Socialism ultimately comes down to force. Just ask the people of Venezuela. And uh, the results are that ultimately you have the haves and then you have the have-nots. Socialism does not bring people up. It brings people down. And uh, the American idea is uh, into human flourishing for everyday hardworking people. And socialism is into bringing people down. And we're seeing that on a continual basis in uh, transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. And uh, it's through public policy that this is occurring right now. And we've seen a lot of carrots in these different uh, arenas, and we're starting to see force jump into them as well. And uh, so we need to continue to talk about this because this American idea is worth uh, protecting. Steve, producer Steve, how are you doing this morning? Sure. I'm sure glad it's Friday. (laughs) Before a three-day weekend, yes. Uh, Let's take care of our normal housekeeping thing, but let's come back to this idea of force because I'm concerned about someone who's just uh, surfing the dial and they just tuned into us and they're sitting there thinking, force? Nobody's forcing me to do anything. Uh, I wonder if we could uh, you know, just draw expand out, on that expand a little bit. Okay. That just a little bit where we see that force is maybe right around the corner. Uh, well, we'll certainly do that. And so let's let's do headlines, uh, this first and second segment. Third and fourth segment, we're going to have on the line with us Heather Laudenpera. She is a concerned mom about forced vaccinations. And Cindy Loveland, who is with the National Vaccination Inf- Information Center. And uh, as you all may know, Governor Polis issued an executive order. Uh, he's busy on these, uh, these uh, kingship executive orders. So King Polis had issued a... An executive order regarding uh, childhood vaccinations and vaccinations in general, and then he uh, had kind of given a, a kind of a, a, a it looked like maybe an olive branch to the whole issue, and then the uh, this last week uh, things changed a bit. So I can't wait to talk to Heather Laudenpera and uh, Cindy Loveland on that. But let's go ahead. We first of all, well, I've got to say, you know. Steve, we got to remember to be grateful. We got to be remember to tell people thank you, and that is why I'm so grateful for you, producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, and Charlie for this team. Uh, you guys all do a really great job. You work hard, and I just greatly appreciate that. And to each of you listeners, uh, love hearing from you. Uh, be sure you can email me. You can go to americhicks.com. 
forward slash Kim and uh, or Kim at Americhicks.com. Love hearing from you as well. And uh, you each, you are treasured. You are valued. You have a purpose. Go out there and do that today. And as you're thinking about what you're going to do with your time, uh, be sure to strive for excellence, to take care of heart, soul, mind, and body. Uh, and that uh, you'll have a pretty good day if you stay focused on those things. Um, so let's see. Let's inspiration. Uh, no. You know what? Let's do the bookkeeping or the housekeeping things first that I think it's important that you all know. Uh, as, um, as you may be aware of, there's going to be an all-out assault to get rid of Tabor, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, the Taxpayer's Bill of Rights. And uh, <laughs> as you look at the, the, the agenda of, of what these politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties, the PBIs in Colorado, are working towards, again, on socializing, transportation, education, energy, housing, and water, you know, one of the things that, that we need to do is make sure that we don't turn the spigot on more so that we give them more and more money without them having to be transparent and accountable to us. And that's basically what Tabor says. It says, hey, PBIs, if you want to raise our taxes, if you want to incur debt that we have to pay off, or if you want to keep our tax refunds, and we'll give you a very generous formula of population plus inflation. If you want to keep our tax refunds above that, you just have to have the good manners to ask us. And so Natalie Minton is having a second training on a Taxpayer's Bill of Rights boot camp. It's Saturday, September 14th. A check-in begins at 1030. It's at the Lone Tree Library in Lone Tree. Uh, the session starts at 11. The cost is $20 to register. Go to coloradoengaged.com. That's coloradoengaged.com. And uh, the next, uh, the week of September 16th through the 21st, I'll be there at the end of the week. It's uh, Grand Lakes U.S. Constitution Week. And be sure and check that out, GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com. Dr. Tom Cranenwitter will be kicking it off. I'll be at the other end on the bookends, um, and uh, I'll be emceeing the main event. And the uh, keynote speaker is Kevin Sorbo. You know him. He is a Hollywood actor. Uh, He was Hercules for many years. Uh, he uh, got um, many, many different movies, but he's a conservative in Hollywood, and so that is going to be really exciting. It, and you, Constitution Week up in Grand Lake, it's such a taste of Americana. It is so beautiful there. And um, I'll be up there Friday afternoon. There's going to be an event. You can buy tickets, meet and greet with Kevin Sorbo on Friday night, and uh, then the parade the next day. And then beautiful fireworks over Grand Lake. So go to, uh, uh, let's see, it's GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com for more information. And I'd love to see you up there. Don't forget to mention your specific place of <laughs> uh, honor uh, in the parade. Well, I think I'm going to be in the car with uh, Kevin Sorbo. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. But it's so much fun. And uh, I am going to have a bunch of candy that I'm going to be throwing out to the kids. Remember in the old days in, in when you'd go to a parade and they would actually throw out candy? Well, you know, the, uh, the progressive leftists have gotten a hold of parades as well. Now you can't. A lot of different towns you can't throw out candy. That's a piece of small-town America. We used to go up to Windsor. Uh, several times a year for different parades that they have in that little, you know, wonderful little town. And throwing candy was just, you know, everybody was doing it. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. And actually, there's big kids that go for it as well. So I've got, I've got to get over to to uh, get my candy for that. Um, one other thing, you know, clearly we have an opinion about things. 
However, uh, we always are searching for truth. And yesterday, Patty Kirkin was was on. She has an excellent piece that is at Americhicks.com regarding uh, parents giving up guardianship so that their kids can go to college. And we delved into it more, and she took a look at the cost, the rising cost of tuition, as well as what the chancellors and presidents uh, are, are making at these universities. Uh, Tony Frank up at CSU is coming in over a million dollars, if you can believe that. And uh, she had mentioned Duke, and she is a Duke graduate. And she'd mentioned that she thought that tuition was $4,000 when she attended. That was actually for one semester. It was about $8,000. It's now over $70,000 to go to school at Duke. But Patty wanted to make sure that I clarified that. So, inspiration today uh, from G.K. Chesterton. He says, courage is almost a contradiction in terms. It means a strong desire to live taking the form of readiness to die. That's pretty heavy, Steve, pretty heavy. But I think about all of these World War II veterans and our other veterans that put their lives on the line uh, because um, they have a strong desire to live, but they're ready to die for something greater than than themselves. And so that was G.K. Chesterton. Okay. Are you ready, Steve, for the funnies? I had to search for these. (laughs) Okay. And, oh, um, little Stevie says, hey, Mom, you know that lovely vase in the dining room that has been handed down from generation to generation? And his mother replies, yes, what about it? And little Stevie says, well, the last generation just dropped it. Okay, next one? Yes, please. Teacher, Stevie, I told you to write out this poem at least ten times to improve your handwriting. You've done it only eight times. And Stevie says, looks like my counting isn't too good either. And the last one? <laughs> Mercifully, the last one. <laughs> Teacher, if you had one dollar and you asked your father for another, how many dollars would you have? Little Stevie says one dollar. And teacher says, you don't know your arithmetic. And Stevie says, and you don't know my father. Oh. Uh, you know, this is what I get for questioning the research in, in these particular funnies, that it was always little Johnny getting hammered. Now it's... Little Stevie. Bad. <laughs> okay, we have a few minutes in this segment. You wanted to go back and talk about this force thing and uh, the, different, uh, the different things that are happening to us. Uh, many people may say, hey, I'm not feeling force right now. But there is a heavy hand of force on public policy that's making things more expensive. It's kind of secretly taking money out of your pocket. An example would be uh, King Polis's executive order that's trying to push people into electric cars. And what will happen is the cars that we want, the cars and trucks that work for our lives, are going to become more expensive. So you don't even really know it, but that's a very secret force that's occurring but you're gonna you're gonna get we're all gonna get whapped on the face on the side of the face pretty quick here who's our friend uh from the colorado auto dealers so she tim jackson tim jackson again i would love to think that he is because of his position he's out there working with dealerships across the state and saying you know let, let's have an awareness here of what's going down and make sure that when your customers walk on to your uh to your lot, and they're seeing that that sticker price, 
they they have a full idea of what's contributing to that sticker price, and not just like oh okay uh, well you know I'm, I'm going to try to haggle my best to haggle down here, but there's just some things that you're not going to be able to haggle away when when the government steps in and says you know we're putting the this additional cost into this into this vehicle. That is a really really good idea. That if in fact dealers would start to say that this is what go the cost of this vehicle uh, uh, regulations contribute to you know the rising cost of this vehicle. You know we've had Randall O'Toole on regarding housing, and he has he has researched and tremendous research all across the country, and he said right here in the Denver Denver metro area that fifty percent of the cost of new housing goes to rules and regulations. If, in fact, PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties were really interested in affordable housing, then you know what they would do? Is they would actually try to reduce the cost of housing instead of uh, all of these programs that are forcing people into these apartments that you are seeing. Housing is getting so expensive, they're forcing our young people, people into apartments. And when you pay rent, you're not creating any equity. And uh, they're, they're expecting that everyday people live in these apartments, ride these trains back and forth. And when you come around that corner going south on I-25 and you, you come around Santa Fe and then Broadway, you look to the south there, it looks like Russia. Uh, I mean, there's no real arch- architectural uh, creativity in the, the, those buildings. And it just looks like big box with little boxes in it that they want people to live in. And they're working with public policy to force us into it because they are making housing so expensive, Steve. I now go full round robin on you uh, back to Tabor. The, the, TA, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. Yes. The TA and Tabor is taxpayers. You might think that you have a handle on how much you pay in taxes per year, but I'm betting you don't, you, the average listener. Uh, you really need to start uh, tearing into it and going beyond your your tax or your I'm sorry your pay stub, uh, especially at tax time. Uh, Let's go to work on that. All I think the that, hidden taxes and fees that are out there. I think that, that we should do that. Most people probably really aren't aware, but I think once you start to get an idea, you'll start to figure out why this uh, assault on Tabor is so critically important. You gave me an idea. Oh. Okay. I'm not going to say what it is yet, but uh, there's a fire burning over here, Steve, a fire burning over here. So let's go to break. Uh, We have some important headlines to talk about uh, in the next segment. Segments three and four, we'll be talking with Heather Heather Laudenpera and uh, Cindy Loveland about forced vaccinations, data collection on our kids. It is going to, um, you're going to be concerned. Let's just put it that way. We'll be right back. Looking for an awesome place to host your draft party? Look no further than Hooters. With tons of TVs, free Wi-Fi, world-famous wings, and ice-cold beer, you're probably thinking, it doesn't get any better than that. But wait, at Hooters, it does. Every fantasy league gets a free draft kit and over $200 in Hooters swag. Join us for fantasy football done Hooters style. Book now at Hooters.com football. That's Hooters.com football. See you at Hooters. Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. 
updated three times a day. CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do, as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. All right. Welcome back. I am Kim Munson, and we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. We are having conversations about important issues. And I tell you what, call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516 with REMAX Alliance and buy your house down in the Lewis Palmer School District. Did you see this, Steve? This is a, I mean, this is exciting. The Lewis Palmer School District won't teach the new sex education law. One school district along the Front Range says it will not follow a new law about how sex education is taught in Colorado schools. Lawmakers passed the controversial measure this past session up here under the Golden Dome. As controversial as House Bill 191032 was in January when it was introduced, it should come as no surprise that as a law, not all Colorado communities have embraced it. And just so you know, it's a sex education law that that mandates, it forces, got it, Steve, forces school districts to uh, do a whole variety of things. But one of them is to teach the experiences of the LGBTQ um, lifestyle. And uh, that I, I really don't think that that is the proper role of government. So uh, anyway, uh, let me. school administrators with Lewis Palmer School District 38 have announced they won't follow the law because they don't want state lawmakers telling them how to teach their kids. We like how it currently works, so we are going to leave it alone, said District 38 school board member Mark Poff. Or Poff. Allison Macklin is the vice president of education for Planned Parenthood, and she thinks Colorado's previous law was incomplete. That's why she supports the new sex education law. She said the new law makes sex ed is taught comprehensively, including information about consent, contraception other than abstinence, and LGBTQ relationships. And if this is comprehensive approach isn't something school districts want, then they don't have to teach sex ed at all. Okay, so once again, she wants to take away their choice. You know, Planned Parenthood talks about choices all the time when, in essence, they're taking away the choice of the baby. But uh, here she said, if you don't do what we say, then you can't do it at all. I mean, I find that absolutely astonishing. So still the district says, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. They don't think their curriculum is broken. Are kids coming out of school right now broken because we haven't been doing this? I think our kids have done wonderful, said Poff. And uh, there's all kinds of things going on here. First of all, Allison Macklin wants to take away the choice of uh, School District 38 from how they teach their kids about sex education. Secondly, the Colorado legislature has wanted to take away uh, the choice of uh, the oil and gas industry 
to be able to um, basically drill new wells here in Colorado. And one of the ways that they have done that is in the, which now I can't remember which bill that was, but um, was that 181? I think it was Senate Bill 181, where it it said that local, uh, local municipalities and counties can actually make their decision on how they deal with oil and gas. So shouldn't the Lewis Palmer School District be able to make their choices as well? I think so. Steve, do you have any comments on that before I move along? The most obvious thing was, all right, where's the heavy hand that's going to come down and and basically swat them? Uh, and, you know, and basically just put them up against the wall and saying, yes, you will. Because one school district does it, then another, and then another. And next thing you know, the state is pretty you know, pockmarked with districts that are adhering and those that are not. But see, and see, that's really the American idea is government should be as local as possible. So if a school district does not, if the parents, the families in that school district want to make a different choice, they should be able to do that. So it's going to be really interesting. But I tell you what, my hat's off to uh, uh, the school district 38. That is pretty amazing. I love the comment, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because in our 240-some-year history, the methodologies of teaching this subject have been, you know, it, it's been basically been working. Yes, there are exceptions. But to get behind a program like this, and I think the worst part of it was, and I was scrambling to try and find the verbiage that was in the bill, but the, and I'm going to paraphrase here, but basically... Any outside interference by religious That's right. fact, uh, mm-hmm. things would not be tolerated. It's like, how can you possibly? And I would submit to you that this this whole uh, LGBTQ, and I'm talking on the the macro level. On a micro level, we all have uh, friends, family members that are gay. Um, but I'm I'm talking on the macro level. This has become a religion. And uh, Planned Parenthood is writing the curriculum for this sex education, and they are paid to do that. So uh, when Allison Macklin comes out, Vice President of Education for Planned Parenthood, she's also thinking about the money that is involved in this. Just think about it, Steve. You have the legislature mandate force that all these school districts have to have to have a curriculum and Planned Parenthood is writing the curriculum. The school districts have to purchase it with taxpayer dollars. I mean, it is a, a circular web that is, uh, is, uh, been very brilliant, but the, you know what? The, the veil is off. We are now seeing what's going on. And, uh, oh, I'm just really excited about that. Another thing that's pretty amazing. And that is, did you see this Boris Johnson, the new prime minister of Britain has asked the queen to suspend parliament. And the reason is, is because Britain is supposed to Brexit, to exit the European Union. And Theresa May kept dragging her feet. I think they kept trying to kick the can down the road till the next election. And Boris Johnson uh, came in and, and he said he's going to honor Brexit. He was one of those very involved in that. And uh, the people of Britain have said, we want to be sovereign. We don't want to be part of the European Union. And the globalists, and we have globalists here, the globalists have wanted to, you know, have kind of a one-world government. And uh, people are pushing back on that. So <laughs> so what has happened is, is uh, uh, Boris Johnson has asked the Queen to suspend Parliament. She said she's going to do that. And then it's not going to give those that want to, those um, 
Brits that want to stay in the European Union, the, the, uh, in Parliament, the time that they would need to craft legislation to stop it. And so it looks like uh, Britain is actually going to exit uh, by probably uh, uh, October 31st. Another thing before we get to Jason McBride... And that is, uh, let's see here. Patty had this. I found this very interesting. Once again, we've got force as far as um, pushing us towards wind and solar. And uh, this is from Business Insider. Walmart lawsuit photos reveal scorched roofs and massive damage as it claims Tesla solar panels caught fire at seven stores. It said that Walmart says Tesla's solar panels caused millions of dollars in damages in a new lawsuit, providing photos that appear to show scorched roofs and ruined solar panels as evidence. On Tuesday, Walmart filed a suit accusing Tesla's solar energy subsidy. Anyway, part of that, <laughs> I can't say it this morning. Then called Solar City of gross negligence. According to Walmart, seven stores caught on fire due to widespread negligence of Tesla's employees that resulted in solar panels catching on fire. The complaint includes images of scorched roofs and significant damage. Tesla did not immediately respond to a request for a comment from Business Insider. A fire broke out on the roof of a Walmart store in Indio, California on May 29, 2018, resulting in $8 million in damages. So that's a really interesting take on all of this. And once again, when we talk about Elon Musk, Tesla, Solar City, there's a significant amount of force that is going on. We see right here in Colorado the executive orders by uh, uh, Governor Polis and – excuse me, King Polis – and uh, Governor Hickenlooper that are push, want to push people into uh, electric cars. And if the dealers don't have a certain percentage of their fleet that they sell in electric cars, then they're going to be penalized. That's force. It's going to increase the cost of the vehicles that, that you and I want that make our lives better. And, uh, and then Tesla uh, is the only place where dealers can actually buy credits to offset those penalties. I mean, is that not amazing, Steve? Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I'm trying to go into the weekend on an up note, and we keep on finding things to uh, make you think otherwise. Well, you know what? There's a lot of great stuff out there. You know, I don't want to. I want to. Don't want to depress you because there's actually so many exciting things going on out there. I'm just trying to inform you. So I'm. Let's talk to Jason McBride. I hope that I haven't. Uh, I hope that I haven't made your weekend sad as well, Jason McBride. I just swallowed a bottle of Prozac. I'll be okay. <laughs> okay. Well, what is on your mind today? I've had plenty on my mind. All right. Well, you know, I've been uh, uh, pretty positive the last couple of days. The market looked uh, like it might be getting in trouble. And then once again, it's uh, schizophrenic and now has bounced back up the last couple of days pretty strongly. And boy, we're stuck, Kim. This, this, the S and P it came to, it came down to twenty eight twenty two, right at the top. It hasn't wanted to get above about twenty nine forty three. And yesterday we got to twenty nine thirty. And uh, right now the futures are showing it's going to open up about seventeen. So, uh, you know, at least we could have some fun today, saying is it going to bust above or is it going to get knocked back down again? And you know, are we going to come out of this little sideways uh, pattern here and try to move higher or not? So I think it's been kind of a nice, positive 
action in the market the last couple days for sure. Well, Jason, the other day you talked about this head and shoulders thing that you were looking at. And so the shoulder, what you're saying, is kind of extending out, and we'll see if it goes up or down then. Am I I reading that correctly? Yeah, you know, we're still working to see if that right shoulder is going to form or not. Uh, So it's still inconclusive. Uh, It's one of those patterns I said, huh, this might be turning into one of these, which would be a caution note, but... Uh, we still got some work to do on the right side, so the market may foil the plans of of negativity here. And uh, another thing, did you see Trump made uh, Dorian miss Puerto Rico? <laughs> did he? How did well, he do it was that? His fault last time when Maria came and hit Puerto Rico, so he must have somehow caused this new hurricane to miss it. Well, <laughs> I, I hadn't really thought about it like that, but I guess if he gets the blame, he should get the credit as well. Although yeah. I guess Dorian may hit Florida. I guess they're getting ready for it, right? Well, Trump must be mad at them. <laughs> well, and there's a big voting block. He needs to be nice to Florida. But, hey, um, before we go, though, we're, we're coming into Labor Day weekend, and yep. uh, I think that once people get back, they start to focus on what's going to be happening in September and you and I are doing something very cool on September 16th uh, with Jeff Hirsch, uh, who is the author of the Stock Traders Almanac, and it's going to be over at Jen's, uh, Jen Hewlin's Water's Edge Winery. And seating is limited. Uh, and this is unique. Normally, all the events that I do is uh, people, you know, they, they, they buy their food, they buy their drink. And you actually, you must, must be Mr. Moneybags because uh, it's going to be, Everything's going to be included. You just uh, and we you need to sign up, and uh, it's limited. Reservations are coming in at a brisk pace, and I would recommend if you're thinking about waiting till after Labor Day, I go ahead and do it today because I think that um, I think it's going to sell out here very quickly. Well, I certainly hope you're right on that, Kim. And we keep having a disagreement about who's paying for it. <laughs> you know, you say I am, I say you are. Uh, Jen might be pretty unhappy at the end of the night. Well, we'll continue this you know, conversation. You know, we're going to have to get this figured out. <laughs> you know, we'll flip for that, okay? And uh, hopefully Steve will get me a, a nickel that has uh, bo- two tails on it or two heads on it, and I'll, I'll, we'll go ahead and flip for that, okay? All right. Well, <laughs> you know, I've, I'm working on Steve, too, so neither <laughs> one of us can trust him now. That's true. That's true. So, Jason McBride, if people want to sign up for this, they can go to my website, americhicks.com, or they can go to chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. Or Natalie will be at the phone at about 730. That phone number is 303-694-1600. 303-694-1600. As I'm seeing the names come in, I don't know a number of the people that are, are signing up. So thank you to my listeners. But I know a number of people that are. So it's going to be a really fun evening. And, you know, you're going to also meet some really, really great folks. So please join us. It'll be fun. Well, thank you. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, too, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's, uh, you know, the first of its kind. I've never done this before exactly this way, so it'll be fun to see how it uh, how it plays out, and there'll be a couple of surprises, too. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, and I want you to tell your story about the $185,000 bottle of scotch. All right, boy, everybody might be getting tired of that one, but we'll we'll do it again. Okay, sounds great. Jason, have a great weekend, and uh, we will talk to you on Monday. Thanks, Kim. Have a good show. Okay, thanks so much. We're going to go to break. When we come back, uh, we will be chatting with Heather Laudenpera. She is a mother who is concerned 
Uh, she's concerned about forced vaccinations, but what she's really concerned about is the data collection on children and families. And Cindy Loveland will also be joining us. She's with the National Center for uh, National Vaccination Information Center. And data collection, you know, that is another thing that we need to be very careful of because the more data that all these different organizations have on us, ultimately, then they can force their agenda. So let's go to break. This is Kim Munson. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers with GUR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. In Fort Collins, attend Vino and Veritas at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the Americhicks would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland, Presidential Wealth Management Greenwood Village, Tina Francone with Straightforward Shooting, and Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at americhicks.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson. We are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. I am so excited to have on the line with me two women that care deeply about what's going on uh, with our kids. And that is Heather Laudenpera. Uh, she is a concerned mom, and I met her after I read the forced vaccination bill that had been introduced down at the Capitol this last year. And, uh, you know, I used to think that the, the reading these bills were above my pay grade, and I realized that actually <laughs> we can understand them. So, Heather Laudenpera, welcome. It's great to have you here. Good morning, Kim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And Cindy Loveland is also on the line. She is with the National Vaccination Information Center. And uh, we're going to be talking about data collection on our kids. We want to protect our kids. And, uh, Cindy, it's great to have you here as well. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Okay. Heather, I'm going to have you help me set this up uh, because you and I came together. We we, we actually met several years ago, but you'd sent some information to me uh, about this forced vaccination bill, and I I, kind of put it aside, and then when I finally read it, I'm like, I see big danger in this bill. And, uh, you know, I I personally, I think that uh, vaccinations against childhood diseases are a good idea. But what happens is good ideas can be then um, wrangled into something that we never, ever intended. And that's what I saw with this forced vaccination bill. And uh, I think that informed consent is a really good idea that, that moms and dads and families understand what you know they're what's going into these vaccinations 
because what is uh, being proposed now is totally different than when I vaccinated my kids. And so anyway, that's how we came together. So set this up a little bit more. I did my best on that. Okay, thanks. So we talked a little bit last year um, on a couple shows about the bill that was proposed last year, which was HB 1312. And what that bill sought to do was uh, multifold. One was that it was going to increase the required for school shot schedule from 21 shots to um, 52 shots. Um, So it was going to add about 29 more shots to the school schedule by the time a child uh, graduates from high school. And so you mentioned in the introduction that it's a little, it's different from when you were vaccinating your kids. And just to put that in perspective, um, when you and I were kids, Kim, we would have had a total of 11 shots by the time we were 18. Um, and that would have been considered fully vaccinated. And so now that number is up to 52 on the recommended CDC schedule. Um, so this bill tried to increase our required shots from 21 to the full um, CDC schedule. And then and another Heather, thing, let me just ju- yes. jump in there. A danger that I saw with this bill is that it put this decision making on these these suggested or, or in a way almost forced vaccinations if your kids are going to get into school. Mm-hmm. And what what I saw then is they they might not stop at 52. There might exactly. be a whole bunch more that might be coming in. Yeah, that's exactly right. And in fact, we know that there's over 200 vaccines in the pipeline um, for various diseases, and it would have allowed um, our Board of Health to add those ad nauseum. And that's um, incredibly troubling um, because exactly what you said unelected um, uh, pbis i'm calling them politicians mm-hmm. bureaucrats and interested parties in this case the interested parties might be the drug companies that would stand to make money on these uh, uh, additional 200 vaccinations so I, I i butted in there on that but number two what did you say okay. that this bill did so and then and then what's relevant um to today's conversation that this bill sought to achieve was that if a family were to take a vaccine exemption for their child to attend school, so in statute right now, parents are allowed to uh, opt out of vaccinations for three reasons. One, personal belief exemption. Two, religious exemption. And three, a medical exemption. And um, this, and uh, all a parent needs to do, according to statute, which is the law, is to write a letter to the school stating that they will be exempting their child from vaccinations, whichever those vaccinations may be. Now, even if a family is saying, I don't want my child to have the chickenpox vaccine, or I don't want my child to have the hepatitis B vaccine, they still have to file this exemption. And it's a letter that's in statute to the school. Um, This bill sought to require parents to fill out a state-mandated form in person at the health department. Now, what people say, oh, why is, why is a form such a big deal? You know, why is everybody so up in arms about a form? The reason is, is that because these forms that the state has created, the last time they tried to do this, after legislation failed, they tried to misinform schools and get parents to register with the state using these forms. These forms contain personally identifiable information on every child. That would be then entered into a state database, a registry, if you will, like a sex offender would have to fill out information with address, with name, into a state database. I find that very concerning because we have no idea, and in this bill, the health department has never 
created a privacy statement, a policy on what will happen to this data. We know that there is data brokering going on. People buy and sell data. Um, this data can be shared. There were two states um, a few years ago, and their uh, information systems, immunization information systems, were used to push letters out to parents who had not given their children um, the uh, Gardasil vaccine which is not required for school. This was not told to the parents. It just directed them to go to the health department or to their doctor and get their children vaccinated for this disease, which wasn't on the uh, required for school list. So we have no idea how this data will be sold or used or shared. And there's no limit on the amount of time children's data would be stored in this database. So that is extremely concerning. Data is the new oil. We all know that. And apparently, the health department wants this oil from our children. Wow. Okay. Heather, hold that thought. Cindy Loveland, let's bring you in. You are with the National Vaccination Information Center. And this whole data collection thing, it's almost, it's, my head is spinning on it. So what do you think about it? Well, um, I think it's, this, this all started all the way back in 1992. And when, when the law was first enacted in Colorado, this was supposed to be an infant immunization uh, tracking system. So infants up to 24 months. And as we went through the years of legislative creep, um, they, they added adults actually um, in 2007. So this is not just a children's tracking system and they can c collect that data from numerous places uh, practitioners clinics schools uh, health insurance companies uh, hospitals and then um, in 2005 something that was passed here in the state before 2005 they could not directly contact um, an individual or a parent if their child was due for a shot they couldn't just do like a and who's they? Would recall. that be the the uh, health department or who? It could be the health department or their contractor. Um, who knows? Um, but so it would be they, somebody from the state, kind of. Then, yeah, it, okay. it could okay, be you know health department. It could be their contractor. Okay. Um, so in two two thousand five, they changed that to where they could do reminders and recalls. So this, this is what can and will happen is, you know, if you've chosen not to vaccinate your child for, you know, any number of vaccines, you could get a reminder and a recall. Um, so, okay. So you, know, you could we, get we, that and we're like, well, why would you be concerned about that? But many times, and I'm seeing this, Cindy, in, in other arenas here is, I was talking about the electric vehicles. If somebody wants to purchase an electric vehicle, please have the freedom to do that. But we're now seeing there have been carrots uh, on electric vehicles from these um, uh, tax income credits, both from the federal and from the state. And and people have not been buying the percentage that the PBIs, the politicians and bureaucrats, think that they should. And so now there was the carrot, and we're starting to see force. So I think my point is, is uh, here we're seeing that maybe a carrot, if you will, a, letter, a note saying, hey, you may want to get your kids vaccinated. But the next thing that could come down the pike is, is force. I know it, it's hard to believe, but I see that coming now. Well, and they use the 
vaccine tracking system in Florida to go door to door um, to try to improve the rates. And you're right, it's all about the numbers, the benchmarks, the measures, the, the goals. These are all just numbers, but the, as they trickle down, they translate into mandated policies at the state level. And, you know, it's like some people think they don't, they don't want to be in this tracking system. They should be asked permission before they get put in there. But that's not the case. You know, you get put in there without your knowledge and consent. And efforts to try to make this what we would call an opt-in, where they would have to ask permission, failed. And they failed because, and, and this was told to me by the sponsor, that bill in 2005, that if, if we asked permission, then we wouldn't be able to capture everybody. And that, that happened in 2005. And then in 2007 is when they expanded it to include adults. So a lot of your listeners probably going, hmm, I didn't know I was possibly in this database. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Cindy, uh, we're going to go to break. Heather, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, Heather, I want to ask you about, uh, you know, we thought we thought we kind of dodged a bullet, if you will, uh, regarding this last legislative session because that bad bill, uh, House Bill, what was it, 1312, did not pass. But then an executive order was issued by Governor Polis, and uh, you and I talked right after that, and you, again, you kind of took a, a sigh of relief, but then something just happened that you're, that's one of the reasons why we're doing this show. So let's go, go to break. We'll be right back with uh, Heather Laudenpera and Cindy Loveland. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person, and children under 12 are free. Friday, August 30th through Thursday, September 5th, features will include Angry Birds 2, The Art of Racing in the Rain, and Scary Stories. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson, and we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. You know, Steve, I think I need to slow down. I have so many questions I want to ask Heather Laudenpera and Cindy Loveland, and I'm tripping over my words, so I think maybe I should slow it down just a little bit. What do you think? Okay, well, uh, <laughs> good luck well, with this. Yeah, Heather, I, I want to talk to you just a little bit. Uh, first of all, I want to mention you have written an excellent piece. You said CDPHE mines the new oil health data, and uh, this is going to be uh, on my website, I think, on Sunday, maybe tomorrow. I'm not sure when Zach's going to get that up. But uh, if you want, uh, it'll be in the newsletter for sure. If you want to be on my email list, go to uh, kim at americhicks.com. 
and sign up. Or AmeriChicks.com, you can sign up for the newsletter there. And uh, that's going to be coming out. And uh, it's somewhat riveting, the new oil health data. Um, but we'll come back to that because the executive order that had come down by Governor Polis, I talked to you and you, you seemed to me, at least I thought, kind of breathed a sigh of relief. And then what happened? Well, so Governor Polis issued an executive order this summer trying to give ways that vaccination rates can be increased. Um, He has been very clear that he does not believe that mandating parents to vaccinate is a good idea. So his executive order had several things, uh, directions in it. One is very, uh, one of them is getting vaccinations to underserved areas where people can't get vaccinations, can't afford them, can't get to the health department, can't, can't do that. So that makes a lot of sense. And then he also had a statement in the executive order that said he was uh, proposing to the State Board of Health an increased use of, use of standardized, easy-to-print medical and non-medical exemption forms. Easy-to-print is in there, um, and uh, form is in there. But it says clearly an increased use. It doesn't say go against statute, break the law, force people to use it. It says increase the use, make them available. That's all we, they've been available um, for the past several years. Now the Board of Health is taking that as a justification to create a rule change. So a stakeholder uh, notice was sent out to people interested from the immunization branch in CDPHE stating that a request, request for a rulemaking hearing was going to be at the Board of Health in September and that the hearing would be in November. Um, and so clearly that's moving forward. There are uh, forms up that you can look at to see what the forms will look like. Now, a few years ago, when 1164 in 2016 went through the legislature and didn't pass, that bill uh, wanted the same thing, entering, entering your information into a form with personally identifiable information to the health department. They created those forms before that legislation even ran. After the legislation failed, they informed schools that parents would have to use those forms. And I feel, Kim, like it's Groundhog Day. The exact same thing is happening right now in 2019. There are parents at schools being told their children may not go to school unless they use that form. That is not the law. I told you the law, the statute. Okay. You can write a letter. So, um, so the Board of Health is trying to circumvent FERPA. If you and what you, is FERPA? If, What's FERPA, so, Heather? Uh, FERPA is a privacy act that is related to schools. It's called the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act. And that requires written parent consent before any information on the student record is shared outside of the school. So when you submit your vaccine exemption to the school, your letter, they, it is protected under FERPA. And CDPHE is misinforming schools, telling parents to put it into the, into the health department. They're trying to circumvent that, that federal law. Wow. Um, and we also have student data privacy laws um, that are state, and those are trying to be circumvented. So in the end, this rulemaking will confuse parents. It will confuse the schools. It will still not be the law. They're trying to circumvent the law with a rule. And um, in- and this is, is an unelected, uh, this is appointed people. They're not elected, and so they're not accountable to us. And I see such danger in that, Heather. Yes. If, 
if a state agency doesn't get what they want in legislation, is that okay for all of our state agencies to go rogue and make rules and try to circumvent law? I mean, can you imagine, Kim, if all of our federal agencies, all of our state agencies, in any different arena, pick your, pick your agency. And is it okay for them to bypass the law and make their own rules and then misinform the public and create confusion? Our, our uh, agencies are supposed to build pub- public trust not erode them. They're supposed to be serving us. They're not, we're not supposed to be serving them. Uh, Ladies, this uh, conversation is going very quickly. We're going to have to have you back. Cindy Loveland, let's, let's toss it over here to you on these, uh, these forms, which would be data collection. You know, we, we want to protect our kids from the bad guys when, you know, from a physical standpoint out there, but what about this data? Uh, Where could that end up? We need to protect our kids data as well, not just their own physical little bodies there. So Cindy, uh, you know, tell us what you're thinking. Well, the, the health department knows that the FERPA, that federal law that applies to the schools, is a problem. And this is why they keep trying to get people to give them that directly. Because if, if they get a hold of that data, then HIPAA comes into play. And that's the Health Insurance Portability Act. That's the Privacy Act. And HIPAA actually has no protection for that data. Once they have it, they can share it with a long list of entities without your knowledge and consent. So this is why, you know, they don't like the fact that the schools have that data because it is protected. If you give it directly to the health department, it's gone, you know, and there's not much you can do about it. They say you can, quote, opt out, but we like to use the term it's like Hotel California. You can check out, but you can never leave because they never purge the data. You know, and I wanted to back up to this hearing thing also, Cindy, um, because the uh, Air Quality Control Commission is under the CDPHE as well. And uh, so the, all these different agencies have hearings. And then if you have a concern about something and you didn't go to the hearing, they say, hey, we had a hearing and you guys didn't show up. And it's like, well, I'm working. I didn't know about it. I'm taking care of my families. I mean, you could you could be 24-7 almost going to hearings and, and writing letters and, you know, uh, so that your voice would be heard. So I was uh, going to go down to the Air Quality Control Commission, again, as part of CDPHE, to make comments during the time they advertised public comments and when I got down there, they said that they were going to be there from 12 to, uh, yeah, 12 to 3, uh, and then also 6 to 8. I got down there at 7.15 that night because that's the earliest I could get there, and they left. And I thought, wait a minute, you, you said you wanted to hear what we had to say. And so I think in, in some ways this is just a shell game, Cindy. It is very, extremely frustrating to try and have an impact on an in- administrative rule. It's even harder than trying to have an impact you know when you go down to the capitol at least when you go to the capitol you've got an elected official that's representing you and they they have hearings and they usually do their best to let people at least give two minutes um that's not always the case at at you know these state rulemaking well and uh, so that's why i you know, we need to stay on top of this. Heather, you did amazing work in keeping people informed about this last bill, 1312. I'm hearing through the grapevine that we're going to have a cousin of 1312 
uh, this next legislative session. And so we need to be prepared on that. Heather, we've got just about 30 seconds, final thought, and then Cindy, final thought. Thanks, Kim. Uh, My final thought is that this uh, seems as if it only pertains to a very small percentage of people out there who are taking vaccine exemptions. And I'm sure there's many people out there thinking, well, you know, that doesn't matter to me. I fully vaccinated my kids. It does matter because if we allow now children to be tracked like that, the next people to be tracked are the adults because there is Healthy People 2020, an adult vaccination schedule out there. They're going to restrict children from school if you don't take 52 shots and however many more they want to get and add to the schedule. Well, guess what? When the adult schedule comes out, what restrictions are going to be on parents and adults? What do you want to be tracked? Do you want your choices to be made by the government or you're penalized? This is a big deal. This data collection across the board, but specifically on health choices, in my opinion, is a very, very the wrong road to go down. And Cindy Loveland, I think that Heather pretty well said it all, don't you? Yeah, just okay. real quick. Um, I would encourage your listeners to register for the NDIC Advocacy Channel at nbicadvocacy.org and all the information on this is there. Okay. Cindy Loveland, thank you so much. Heather Laudenpera, thank you so much. And G.K. Chesterton, Chesterton said, the Bible tells us to love our neighbors and also to love our enemies, probably because generally they are the same people. So this is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you and God bless America.